Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Welcome, welcome. What's happening? We're heading to the Northeast today. Boston. You want to break up my horrible Boston accent? Yeah, I want you to. Oh, no, no I can't. Don't, I can't. Don't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Dom's like, no. We're so excited today because we're talking millennials. Yes. And if you have been confused about millennials, you don't understand them. You don't even understand what the age group is that defines a millennial. Today is your day. It is your day. So we are welcoming Dominique Caliques here. We're not going to call her Dominique Caliques. One, because I'm really paranoid to say that last name again. We're calling her Dom. So today I'm joined by Dom and John, um, <laughs> the dynamic duo. And Dom is the Associate Director of Annual Giving and Special Events at the YW in Boston. It's not the YWCA. We've gone through a branding thing here, which I'm sure you will talk about. Um, but today we're really going to talk about leveraging millennials in philanthropy. And I think this is just such a great topic because we think we know millennial behavior. And just when we think we do, they completely pull something out that is so amazing and creative or unexpected. And we want to figure out what is the best way to engage with this group? What are they passionate about? Where do they want to tap into our missions? And Dom is going to go there. So she has her own Dom Profit funny, the best name ever. Don Profit is joining us with six <laughs> years of professional fundraising experience. And she's got what I cannot wait to double click on is several years of non-traditional nonprofit experience. And she's just been able to support so many different uh, nonprofits um, through the annual giving uh, arena, the DEI area, which is such a big, important topic right now. Um, and just trying to activate millennials as change makers through their philanthropy and through their donor engagement. So um, she's in a ton of different organizations, advisory boards, but really, I mean, Dom, welcome to the show. Tell us just a little bit about your journey and how you got to the YW right now. Yeah, so thank you guys, first of all, for having me. I'm really excited. I love the energy. It's going to be a great conversation. Um, In terms of how I got started in the nonprofit sector, I like to think that it goes way back (laughs) back into my early elementary school days where my mom would like make me go and volunteer with her and do things. And now I'm here still in fundraising and loving it despite having lots of feelings about our space. (laughs) There is a lot of area that we could approve upon and a lot of areas that just need uh, maybe a new fresh set of eyes, which is why I think it's so great that we're talking about millennials because they can be that for our organization. So um, I think, John, were you about to jump in here? Because I just wanted Dom to kind of define who is a millennial to our audience right now. Yeah, so the millennials are an interesting audience because there's there's all this like talk about the millennials and everyone's like, oh, they're they're this crowd, they're this crowd, they're the, they're the twenty one year olds and like really millennials are are really in the workforce now and I like to say that millennials are from nineteen eighty one 
till about 1995, maybe 96. John, you're a millennial. I made it by the skin of my teeth. I love it. I feel very youthful. Thank you, Dom. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm an welcome, old fart, welcome. Gen X. <laughs> yep. And I'm Gen Z. And yeah, Julie, we've got yeah, all three represented right here. Well, I think this is awesome that we're having this conversation because I'm with you. I feel like millennials are always discounted as, from their contribution and for their importance in our overall fundraising mix. So I would love you to speak into how have you seen engagement uh, really work really well with millennials and how have you done that? What are some you know takeaways that you've seen? Yeah, I think the interesting thing with millennials is that the big thing is we want someone to listen. We want someone to listen and we want there to be a mutual understanding on things because I think with a lot of the nonprofit sector, we're so used to people being so loyal to the organization and that's not really millennials jam. Like even in how I came into the nonprofit sector, I was like, I need to find my causes and that's what I'm going to be loyal to. I'm going to be loyal to my causes. And that's what's going to be the driving force as to how I'm going to move about the nonprofit nonprofit sector. And that's the same thing with how millennials are choosing to engage. They're not going to be your loyal, I'm going to stick with this nonprofit forever if there isn't a mutual understanding and a mutual trust that's built. And so with nonprofits, they're so focused on building that relationship with somebody and like kind of just saying what they're doing and not building that mutual like hey we're going to listen to what you have to say and your thoughts on this cause and bring that into how we're going to kind of do the work as opposed to like the traditional way where you're just going in and you're going to have you have this program and you're doing this and you're doing this and that's what you're telling your donors that's not the kind of engagement millennials want to see. We want to really have a conversation about what we're seeing work and what innovations can be made. Yeah. Well, I love the purity of mission of that too. You know, I think it speaks to that. The cause is way more important than the survival of the organization as it's just more zoomed out of just trying to solve the problem instead of just preserve, you know, something that's just been there. So I think that's a very, a big calling to step up to the plate of run if you're in the leadership role of a nonprofit, of how do you make sure that you're staying relevant to actually solving the cause, not to just keeping people employed or doing things just for the sake of always, they've always been done, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think one of the things that nonprofits don't realize is that millennials are actually kind of like the perfect match for your nonprofit because they kind of keep you honest and they keep <laughs> you thinking in a way that, not to say that the Gen Xers and the boomers weren't thinking, making you think, but there's a deep rooted, I want this impact to happen with the millennials that is really driving how they're engaging and really starting to shift how nonprofits have to think about their engagement. And I love so much that millennials, like that that need for accountability, that need for authenticity, I mean, they will call you on your crap immediately. Absolutely. And they're not afraid to do it because they feel like such a loyalist to the mission. And I think that's helpful. There's no sense in getting offended by that because that's what we want to know when we're not being as authentic as we can be. And if we know that millennials care about social issues rather than institutions, they use their collective voice and they support others and the greater good more than like ineffective partisan politicking. It's like, 
Okay, so we know that about them. And I think those are all great qualities. And sometimes they're not really found in our donor base because unless there's an issue. So talk a little bit about how you leverage millennials. We talked about engagement. How would you leverage that knowing that these are the things they care about? Yeah, well, knowing that millennials are really into the cause and not the institution, I think finding ways for millennials to come in and really partner with your organization is really going to be crucial. So I, as even as a millennial myself, as I start to interact with nonprofits, I always think through how are they asking me to engage? And if they're actually, if, if they're only focused on the financial benefit of me engaging with their organization, I'm instantly put off. And that's interesting for me because I'm a fundraiser and I'm always like, bring me the money. But like, <laughs> I also want you to be an engaged donor because that's how I view my my work with nonprofits. I want, not only do I want you to want my money, I want you to also want my time because my time is just as valuable as my money to me. So like, if you're not giving me the opportunity to, to let's say, sit on an advocacy committee or sit on a, um, on a young advisory board that is actually valued and is representative of how you want your organization to grow, then I'm not going to be as interested in your organization because I don't see that you're adapting and growing with the times. I think that with a, with a lot of it, it's that organizations are so focused on this archaic system that we have and not moving forward. And that's a, like that turns millennials off. We're not interested in this archaic system. We want to see new things. Cause if we, cause if we were using this archaic system and it was working, a lot of these nonprofits should have already achieved their mission and should be non-existent. That's a really profound thought. Absolutely. So all that said, Dom, what are your dreams for, you know, mobilizing this generation? Like, what do you think is kind of this untapped potential that's not being scratched by most organizations? What, what dreams do you think you could kind of cultivate in a nonprofit with this group? Yeah, well, I think that with millennials, there's such there's such a good bridge between the generations before millennials and the generations to come after. So, like, I think that there's a big gap between how Gen Z and the Gen Xers are going to engage with your nonprofits, but there's a happy medium with the the millennials because while we're interested in innovation, there's still some things that are of interest to us. Like we want to sit on your boards and we want to have those conversations, but we also want those boards to change their ways a little bit, you know? So really using millennials as the opportunity to really start to shift the thinking the way that we did when boomers and Gen Xers first started engaging with the philanthropic world. I think that when boomers and uh, and Gen Xers started engaging with philanthropy, it was like, okay, we have to figure out what what their interests are and what what motivates them. And I think that that, that shift hasn't happened now that we're entering a, a time where millennials are all in the workforce and we're starting to see Gen Z come into the workforce. There hasn't been that shift in how are we thinking about engagement? Mm-hmm. And I think the millennials offer a really good opportunity because not you don't you're still shifting and you're being innovative but you're still able to 
bring along your Gen Xers and your boomers so that they're in the conversation too. And then you're going to have a diverse group of people at that table having that conversation. And who doesn't love a good diverse group? Yeah, every piece of what we're embracing right now is about diversity. And I have to think that there is... Um, you know, a, a person listening right now who's either, whether they're at a really small nonprofit or whether they're at a really robust nonprofit that's, you know, well-resourced and a lot of staff, what are some tips you would give them today for how to start kind of changing engagement in the narrative that they can start employing with their millennials? I think the big thing is, and this is for any size organization, like I think small, large, I think the big thing is about being intentional with what you're doing. So that, and I think it starts at like the very root. So I think people think that, oh, you have to be intentional with everything that's like externally focused. And I'm like, no, you start internally and really think like, be intentional about how you're recruiting the people who are working on this team that is going to be doing your fundraising or going to be out doing your programmatic work because I'm of the belief that everybody in your organization is a part of the fundraising team. And so if you're not being intentional about your recruitment of the people who are doing your work, whether it's directly tied to fundraising or loosely tied to fundraising, that you're already starting at a disadvantage and you're not bringing in the resources that you need to have those diverse conversations with millennials and really understand their their point of view and their and their motivations. So being intentional about your recruitment of your your staff, but also being intentional about the, your recruitment of people who are coming into your sphere. And I think that oftentimes nonprofits are like, we're going to go to the same old businesses and we're going to tap those same people and they're going to tell you who's next in line at their organization and that's who you should talk to. And I think that as one of the causes that I find that many millennials are really interested in has been around diversity, equity, and inclusion and making sure that we're holding holding companies accountable for things like this. And so if you're not being... It, intentional about how you're going about your recruitment for bringing people into your sphere, you're already at a disadvantage for the people that you're bringing in that are being essentially appointed by the person that you have already had in your sphere and you're not bringing in diverse opinions. So I like to say like for a small nonprofit, start thinking about the groups that you're engaging with and building relationships with new ones. There are so many ways that you can engage with people with diverse opinions There are lifelong fraternal and sorority groups that you can engage with. There are professional associations that are targeted towards particular demographics that you can start engaging with. And they're always looking for opportunities to connect and engage with the community, but no one ever asks them. So being very intentional about those things are really tangible ways that you can start to do this work and get diverse opinions, not only diverse millennial opinions, but diverse opinions in general. Hey friends, taking a quick pause from today's episode to say that we just love to connect with you. And the best way to do so is to join the good community. It's free. Just head on over to weareforgood.com slash hello, and we can connect with all the resources, tips, tools, and show notes to help you do more for your mission. We can't wait to get to know you. Now let's get back to this awesome, feel good conversation. Finding the right people for your team, mm-hmm. I think, is something that's not talked about enough. But, um, you know, we've, we talk a lot about here's how we mobilize certain types of donors. But it's absolutely core that, like, the ethos 
the people that wake up and are giving you 40, 50 hours a week, especially as we're scattered, you've got to have people that are honed in and are truly carrying the torch in the best way possible. So I love that you have brought some, some light to that. Um, Dom, okay. We're storytelling people. We love to hear stories. That's how we learn. What's something, you know, a story that sticks out to you? Maybe it's at the YW, maybe it's um, somewhere else where you have just seen philanthropy just really have a magical moment and bonus points if it's a millennial. Oh, <laughs> you put some layer on I that. I know. Watch that was out. Great. Wow. Bonus points if it's a millennial. Now I'm really thinking because I oh, did have a story. You can share. It. You can share too you can if share you want. Too. Go for it. I, okay. So my first story, actually, this is actually an overall better story. So (laughs) I I was a part of a committee for a while for a local charter school here, which is probably contentious because everybody has their feelings about charter schools. So set that aside. We're just focused on the story here. (laughs) We're pro-educating children at any point. So we'll just say we're here for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm just here to educate, you know, so as a group, we started to think about how we can better support the charter school and the work that they're doing in support in educating the students at their school. And so originally the group was kind of like, yeah, we kind of come together and we, we volunteer and go and like do like mock interviews and things like that. But then the group really decided that together there was an opportunity to bring in maybe not like your major gift level but there was an opportunity to bring in dollars to the school that really focuses in on people that looked like the group that we had in the room so we came up with a couple of strategies that really brought in a a so many new donors for that or that school and they all were representative of the the millennial population in general but like also a variety of demographics so there are different people with uh, disabilities and and different able-bodied able-bodied people there are people of different um, cultural backgrounds and we are all coming together and the thing that was really powerful about this moment was that no matter the demographic or the way that they identified, we made sure that each of those donors felt like they were a part of something so much bigger that they were they were so happy and ready to continue engagement. And I was a part of that group for maybe a year or two after. And a lot of the people that came through through the, the work that we were doing ended up being continual donors. They came back the next year. And one of the things that, I heard from one of the people I recruited was that I never, that they never had that opportunity with a nonprofit where they felt like they were a part of something bigger doing it through this group. There was still so much opportunity to understand that you're still part of a bigger part of the organization. That's a great story. And I just think the thing that I like about that story and just this, as we explore millennials is there is just this sense of, wanting to do good, of fearlessness, which I love. So, and I think you can use that, you know, to Mm -hmm. activate them to go into places that we might be a little intimidated to go to. They don't care um, about the fear. They only fear, the thing that they are worried about is the cause and that the cause can get activated. And so this natural curiosity 
it's almost like an itch for them and to want to explore more, want to do more. And if you believe in the long game, like we do, you know, this is where we really should be putting some of our time with this younger group of people who want to help our mission move in some way. If we could get them in the door early, make them believers, they can really build that entire full-skill donor experience over their lifetime. They're coming in. They can't give a ton of money right now, which is okay because we need hustle. We need heart. And the thing that I love about millennials that everybody's talking about is they treat all of their assets as having equal value. Their time is as valuable as their money, as as valuable as their network. And so if we know that, let's get them in the door. Let's find out what they're passionate about. Let's give them a tiny little task. You know, everybody, everybody I know that's over the age of 50 is so intimidated by social media. It's like, see where they can go with your mission in their own network and let them test it out just a little bit and see what they can influence by virtue of their own passion. And so I, I just think this is just a fascinating exploration where I could see someone coming in the door, wanting to volunteer, joining our young philanthropist group, you know, starting to give small amounts, going to an event, you know, at the, there's 80. Now I'm really dreaming. This is just me having a pipe (laughs) dream. They've given a planned gift to our organization, but it started because we cared about them and their passion at such an early age. And let them do something on TikTok for our mission. Let them do their thing. (laughs) We don't have to be on TikTok, but if they're on TikTok and they They find a way to get people excited about what we're doing, go for it. More power to you. I mean, you're so right. I think one of the things that people fail to realize about millennials is that one of the biggest influencers on millennials are their peers. And so they're so they're knowing this about us and seeing that we're so that we're so influential to our peers, we're going to share on your social me- social media and we're going to find innovative ways that you're probably not thinking of. That's one of the biggest things that is a gain for you at this point, especially now that everything is remote, thinking through how to gain brand awareness and bring more people to your organization is so huge. It's huge. You're saying brand awareness to other millennials. So it's like it's Mm -hmm. breaking into this barriers that are so hard to get into. So if they will open up their peer network, how powerful that is. And uh, just as a public relations professional, I just think like brand awareness to me is real estate. I mean, I could not buy an ad, you know, that would take up this section in the newspaper to get as many eyeballs on what I want them to look at as I could get to use a millennial who could share that message in such a pure fashion um, through their network. So I I just think this is really like a 2.0 sort of elevated level of thinking. So we ask all of our uh, guests, Dom, to tell us one good thing, piece of advice, something that somebody could take away that you've learned in your little part of the world. What would you offer to our audience? So I would say that the big thing, and I've, everyone should know this, but I think somehow it gets lost as you continue to like move through the demographics is get to know people and build those relationships mm-hmm. and build them so that you understand them. And not just because you have some end goal, be just be genuine about your relationships. Don't just go out there and like do what you think is right. Genuinely get to know people. But yeah, I mean, one of our values is cultivate rabid fans, which we enthusiastically embrace the word rabid in this, 
but it's definitely not a sense of like, oh, you have to take our playbook and do this. It is finding the fans and letting them do what they do on behalf of your mission and do that in the most um, exciting way for them. And I feel like that's exactly what you're saying, you know, which I love the full circleness of how much more beautiful is it when people can be mobilized to do what's in their skill set and then their passion. And it's going to be so much more better, pure, authentic, all the things. And it's going to be hard for those of us that have been lifers and we're so used to controlling the message (laughs) and having this really pretty version of what we want people to see. It's going to require like we got to let go just a little bit. (laughs) Well, I think that part of the the pull that we have that makes us want to hold on is just tied to this. I need to be superior and I need to do this this way because there's not enough going around and we just need to let go of that. Just let it go. So Dom, how can people connect with you? I know you're going to have a little fan club of your own after this episode. How can people find you online? Yeah, no. So I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. It's Dom profit. There's no space. There's no underscore just D O M P R O F I T Dom profit. You have branded yourself well. Bravo. And I will also point our listeners to this really great millennial resource that we found. Um, Just an amazing group called the Millennial Impact Project has put together, I think is really a comprehensive, Julie found it. Julie, shout out. Way to go. Thank Um, you. Julie found this amazing resource for understanding millennials and how you can do all the things that Dom has just sort of lifted up. She's giving you the masterclass and the cliff notes on what to do. But if you want to take a deeper dive, we're going to put this in the show notes and we'll probably give it away. Um, in the good community. Yeah, in the good community. So yeah. join, make sure that you join our email list and you can get it for free. Yeah, no, I definitely echo that. The Millennial Impact Project is so comprehensive and so good. It looks at the millennials over the last, well, not over this last 10 years, but they, they did the project over a span of 10 years and really they got to know us that's in a amazing. way that's very intimate and deep. I love that. Go well, millennials. Thank Dom, you. Dom, you're awesome. Thank you Thanks for your for time. Thanks for being a rock star millennial in this space. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. This was great. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you're able to glean some valuable insight today from Dom about how to authentically engage millennials in your mission. Heck, I'm a millennial and I was taking notes. Did you know every week we share our best roundup of content, freebies, and notes heard on every episode? Head on over to weareforgood.com slash hello and you can join our mailing list. You'll hear from us weekly with resources and tips to help you do more for your mission. And if you love what you heard today, would you stop what you're doing and hit subscribe? It really does help more people find us and join the good community. Thank you so much, friends. Our production hero is a Gen Zer with a heart for millennials, Julie Confort. What's up? And our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsley. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.